0: Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. What I want to talk with you today about is why the Lord is calling us. You see, we as Christians were called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You see, what that means is that we as Christians We're not focusing on the darkness, but instead we are focusing on being a light. And what the light does is it drives back the darkness, right? So through your presence, the wicked things of the world, the dark things in the world, corruption, it scatters because darkness cannot be in the presence of the light, right? And so one trick that Christians fall into is that they will focus on all of these dark things and then they will complain about them, right? Oh, it's so horrible that they're doing this. It's so horrible that they're doing that. And they complain, they complain, they complain, right? You can just log on to Facebook or a social media platform and maybe you've seen it where, yeah, Christians, man, they really know how to complain. But in doing that, you have now neglected this thing that God has called us to be, which is to be a light of the world. You see, complaining about what the world is doing is not actually productive in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, Jesus very clearly explains that we are expected to produce fruit. And he tells multiple parables, basically explaining that we as Christians were being given opportunities and blessings, and we are expected to produce fruits with them, right? We're expected to be productive and we're expected to produce fruits. And us complaining about the state of the world is not actually productive because you're not actually producing anything. Instead, we're supposed to actually go out into the world and be a transforming force. This is why it says in Isaiah chapter 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. You see, all of these are actions about how they're going out and they're building the kingdom of God, they're driving away darkness. We are anointed by God to be a transforming force in the world. It goes down into verse 4 and it says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations, right? And so, what does that mean? It means, right, there's this whole land where there's been desolation, there's been death and darkness and destruction. And these people that are anointed by God and empowered by God, they're going to rebuild those ruins. And so, we have to think spiritually about these things. Look at the state of the nation, look at what's going on. You can look at, for example, the family unit, and you can see that that is a place where there are ruins and desolation and darkness, right? You can look at the media industry and you can see all kinds of ruins and desolation and wickedness, right? So these are institutions and lands that have been devastated by wickedness and corruption and darkness. It's our job to go out there and rebuild them, right? So we have to do our part and rebuilding these things that have long been devastated. Things like restoring the family unit, right? Things like providing a godly example for how people ought to live. We're supposed to produce fruits. And if we're just complaining about, oh, well, you can't believe what they're doing in Hollywood. Can you believe what they're doing in Washington, right? If you're just complaining about these things, you're not being productive in the kingdom of God. And we know that Jesus, right? He came up to a fig tree out of season expecting fruits, and there were no fruits. And then he cursed it, and he said, well, you'll never bear fruit again. And what this tells us is that for a time, the Lord will give us opportunities to be productive, to be fruitful in his kingdom, right? But there will come a time where God is going to come, and he's going to say, well, what have you done with the opportunities that I have given you? And it is in those moments where either we will be able to say that we were faithful and we were able to produce an abundant harvest for our Savior and our King, or we're going to know that we wasted the opportunities that God gave us. And and so long as we continue complaining and murmuring, rather than obeying the Holy Spirit and putting those instructions in action— if we're not putting the instructions of the Holy Spirit in action, then we are not being fruitful. Because Jesus told us, right, he's the vine, we're the branches. And we cannot produce any fruit without being connected to the vine, right? So we had to be productive. In 2 Chronicles 15, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon a prophet, Azariah, son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said, Listen to me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And this is true even today. If you seek God out, right, and you earnestly want to discover God, and earnestly want to experience God, he will be found by you, right? And if, if you continue to align yourself with God, he's going to align himself with you. God honors and protects those who honor him and earnestly seek after him. All right, so the Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And then he explains about how in the past, Israel was for a long time, they didn't have a true God. They went from place to place without honoring the law, without honoring God. But then in the time of their distress, they called out to God and he was found by them. And he brought deliverance and prosperity to them in a time when there was turmoil and darkness and corruption. Because they cried out to God, right? In the same way, if we cry out to God, in the midst of whatever kind of chaos is going on in the nation, he will bring deliverance. And then he says to Asa, verse 7, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard those words and the prophecy of Azariah son of Oded the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured on the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portico of the Lord's temple. And this is part of the reason why God raises us up as Christians and sends us out into the nations. Because of Asa's influence, and this is part of the reason why the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence is so important. Asa had influence over Judah, Benjamin, and some cities and regions from the hills of Ephraim. And what he did with his influence is he removed all of the false gods and idols and witchcraft and idolatry from all of those cities and regions. And he rebuilt the altar of the Lord. Now think about the kinds of nations and the kinds of industries that God wants to send Christians into to have a position of influence and authority. The arts and entertainment industry. The financial industry. The political arena. The education arena. These are all arenas where there is perversion, idolatry, witchcraft, darkness. And it's not our job to complain about those things. Rather, God wants to put Christians in positions of influence and authority because it's our job to remove those detestable idols so that they can be brought back to righteousness and holiness before God. Right? It's our job to remove these things. But it, they will only happen if you obey the Holy Spirit so that he can put you into those places of influence and authority, right? So this is part of being a light to the world. The darkness is being driven away in these scenarios. Verse 9, Then he assembled all Judah and Benjamin, and the people from Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. For large numbers had come over to him from Israel when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Now this is interesting because this shows because of Asa, the blessing of God was on Judah because they were beginning to honor God. And their neighbor and their brother nation, Israel, who also should have been serving the same God, should have been following the same laws. People from Israel saw that the blessing of God was on Judah and not Israel. And they were leaving Israel to be in the place where the blessing of God was. So Asa assembled all these people, the immigrants from Israel, the people from Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. And then what he did is he had all of those people together enter into a covenant before the Lord. It says in verse 12, They entered into a covenant, all of these people, into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all of their heart and soul. All who would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, were to be put to death, whether small or great, man or woman. They took an oath to the Lord with loud acclamation, with shouting, and with trumpets and horns. All Judah rejoiced about the oath, because they had sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them, so the Lord gave them rest on every side. Now, I want us to think about this in our modern context, okay? Asa, because he acted righteously, was able to turn all of these areas that he had influence over, Judah, Benjamin, some of the cities from the hills of Ephraim, and the immigrants that came over from Israel, he was able to get all of those people to turn towards righteousness and make a covenant before God. Now think about if there were influential people in the arts and entertainment industry and the education industry. Imagine one or two of these industries where all of the people in those industries made a covenant before God that they would seek him out and that they would honor him and follow him. Wouldn't that be something amazing? Wouldn't that be something exciting to see? These are the kinds of things that God wants to manifest here on the earth. Because, you know, the thing that Jesus prayed for was, Thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're chasing after, guys, which is that all the nations, both geopolitical nations and nations, for example, industries, the banking industries, the media industries, that all of them would acknowledge God and honor God. You see, and it's through the obedience of few righteous leaders that they can actually turn the hearts of entire nations back towards God. And this is part of the reason why God is calling us. We are called to be a light. And we are called to be a transformative influence on the world. And that is why us complaining, us focusing on the darkness is not productive. Focus on obeying God. And if you obey God, you will see victory, you will see success, and God will give you rest on every side. And it says in verse 19, there was no more war in Judah and these regions until the 35th year of Asa's reign. God gave them peace and rest at every side. But it doesn't end there. It says also in verse 16, King Asa also deposed his grandmother Maaka from her position as queen mother because she made a repulsive image for the worship of Asherah. Asa cut it down, broke it up, and burned it in Kindron Valley. So even his own family members, right, if they were not honoring God, if they were practicing witchcraft, if they were practicing idolatry, he removed them from their position and influence. You know, you have to think about this for a second, right? This is his own grandmother that he's now removing from her position as queen mother. So you imagine the family gatherings after that, you know, maybe that wasn't the most pleasant exchange of conversations, right? But Asa honored God above his family members, right? He was more concerned as to not offend God rather than not offend his family members. And you have to decide for yourself, right? Am I more afraid of offending men or am I more afraid of offending God? Those are the kinds of choices we have to make. But the truth is, is if we can't address these issues in our own family, how are we expected to address the issues in the nation, right? We have to look inwardly first, right? We have to get our hearts in order. We have to be holy ourselves so that we can turn people towards holiness and righteousness. Okay? So to review, Asa removed all the idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns that they had influence over in the hills of Ephraim. He repaired the altar of the Lord. He assembled all the peoples from Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, Manasseh, and the immigrants from Manasseh and Simeon who had settled among them and he had all of them make a covenant before the Lord. He deposed his grandmother from her position as queen mother because he, she practiced witchcraft and idolatry. And then he brought into the temple of God silver, gold, and all kinds of articles that he and his father dedicated to God. You see, this is a, the kind of thing that God wants us to do with the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence, right? That's being a light, and the darkness is being driven back, and God's getting glory and honor. But unfortunately, Asa's story doesn't end there. Because, as the scripture says, there was no war in Judah the first 35 years of Asa's reign. Right, until the 35th year of Asa's reign. But it says in Second Chronicles 16, verse 1, In the 36th year of Asa's reign, Baasha king of Israel went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asa, king of Judah. Now, as we said previously, what was happening between Israel and Judah? As I said before, many people that lived in Israel were seeing what Asa was doing in Judah. And they're saying, wow, the blessing of God is there. We want to go there, right? So numerous people were leaving Israel to come live in Judah and the king of israel didn't like that he's like no like and so what he did is he set up a fortress to prevent people from crossing over into judah now the king could have looked into his own heart and said well why are the people leaving and going to judah oh it's because we're not honoring god oh it's because the blessing of god isn't with us because we're not following his laws and following his instructions right if the king of israel had looked inwardly he could have fixed this issue but instead he set up his army to forcibly prevent people from leaving. However, this is how Asa responded. It says, Asa then took the silver and the gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple and his own palace and sent it to Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who was ruling Damascus. He said, Let there be a treaty between me and you, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold now break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with Asa and set commanders of his forces against the towns of Israel. They conquered Ijon, Dan, Abel, Ma'am, and all of the store cities of Natali. When Baasha heard this, he stopped building Ramah and abandoned his work. So King Asa brought all the men of Judah, and they carried away from Ramah the stones and the timber Baasha had been using, and with them they built up Geba and Mizpah. At the time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram had has escaped your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a mighty army, great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hands. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout all the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. So the peace ended. But why did God respond this way? I want you to notice, when trouble came, the first thing Asa did, one, is he relied on his own knowledge, right? He thought to himself, hey, my father had a treaty with Ben-Hadad. So I should re-implement some of these things that my father did, right? He's relying on past knowledge and understanding. But not only that, he went into the treasuries of the Lord's temple and took gold that was set aside and sanctified as an offering to God. So he took those things that were dedicated to the Lord, and he used it to fund his own objectives and his own plans. And truthfully, this is something that still happens today all too often, where maybe Christians will use the podium and their influence in the ministry to further their own agendas. Maybe the Lord said, Set aside this for me, right? But instead, Christians use it to push their own agendas. Those things that have been set aside as holy unto the Lord, they have to be treated as such. It is not your own thing to do with as you please. So Asa took those things that were dedicated to God and he used it to implement his own plans. And the thing is, is that up until this point, Asa had been doing a good job. He had been honoring God. He drove out the idols. But once he started to rely on his own understanding, on his own agendas, that's when he began to cause trouble for his people. It says in verse 10, upon hearing this, Asa was very angry with the seer. He was so enraged that he put him in prison. At the same time, Asa brutally oppressed some of the people. The events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel. In the thirty-ninth year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease of his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness he did not seek help from God, but only from the physicians. Then in the forty-first year of his reign, Asa died and rested with his ancestors. Asa, unfortunately was too stubborn to humble himself before the Lord. But this is something that can happen when you become comfortable in a position of influence without retaining the humility and understanding that it was the Lord who put you there. And so this is a warning for all of us because God wants to appoint Christians in every sector of society in positions of influence and authority so that they can be a light that drives back the darkness. But we have to remember To honor the Lord, our God, in everything that we do. Because not only did the blessing of the Lord leave Judah as a result of this, but because of the actions of Asa, war returned to Judah. Right, Because that's what the prophet said. You've done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. That means that the rest and peace that the Lord had brought ended. That means that, think about all of the soldiers who had to go to battle and died. Think of any of the economic factors that have happened because of a result of these wars, right? Maybe people being displaced from their homes. Maybe crop failures because things were burned in the battle. Maybe supply lines being affected, right? All of these things that brought bad impacts to his people were a result of Asa's actions. And this is what it's like as a leader, is that you are not responsible just for yourself. Your actions affect the entire nation. And so, in the same way, Asa was able to bring the nation of Judah and all of the people under its influence into a covenant with God and to have them honor him, right, as a nation, right? He brought the entire nation back to righteousness. In the same way he was able to do that, he also then brought war and suffering upon his nation as well. And this is why. In every decision that we make, we have to involve the Holy Spirit. In every plan that we impose, we have to involve the Holy Spirit. We cannot assume anything because we can't take any decision for granted. The calling that God has for us and for his church, it's too big. And there are too many lives at stake. Truthfully, the future of the United States of America, the soul of this very nation, depends on the obedience of the church. Whether we are going to seek after God, honor Him, and obey Him, or whether we are going to continue doing our own thing our own way. But the choice is ours today, and I encourage you, focus on seeking after God. Focus on listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying what He directs you to do. That should be our number one priority in everything that we do. And it always starts individually, right? The Holy Spirit will give you instructions individually and then event and then as you implement those things, it will expand out. We all have to obey God individually and we will see changes happen on a national scale. But I'm out of time for today, so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Till next time, God bless you. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S O G M I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to sogmi.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023.